Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host for those Season listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today in the hot seat is Bridget Cook-Birch, and her and I are going to be talking about the power of sharing your story and how you can remain your authentic self without feeling like you're compromising your morals, your values, or your ethics, and all that jazz. But before we dive in, I'm going to share a little bit more about who Bridget is. So here we go, y'all. You're in for a treat. Bridget Cook Birch, clients call her the book whisperer. She is a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author, mentor, trainer, mama bear, humanitarian, and speaker known for riveting stories of transformation. Her powerful works has been showcased on Oprah, Dateline, CNN, GMA, The History Channel, NPR, and in people, among many others, she is the CEO and founder of YourInspiredStory.com. Bridget is also a co-founder and former executive director of Shiro's United, a nonprofit organization that helps women and girls rise from trauma. As a leader, storyteller, trainer, and humanitarian, her greatest passion is helping others to discover the importance of their own story and to become leaders in their own communities and worldwide, yes. And there's some other incredible things that Bridget does, but I'm going to unpack that in our connection segment. So without further ado, put your hands together for Bridget Cook-Birch. <laughs> Thank you, Genesis. I'm really honored to be here today. I've listened to some of your podcasts. I've now got it on my favorites list just because I love the deep dives that you go in with people. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. And wow, I feel like I'm talking to a legend. So let's give the audience a taste. So we're going to jump into the connection part of the segment, which is a segment where the audience gets to know you personally and a bit professionally before we cover the meat and potatoes of the segment. So there are two options I let my guests choose from. We can do a rapid fire 10 question game, emphasis on rapid, or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? Um, let's do let's do the icebreaker because sometimes it takes me a minute to formulate my answer really clearly. So I think that will be better. Okay, cool. We're breaking the ice with Bridget and Genesis. I want you to share something incredibly crazy that you have done in your life or a fun and interesting fact that not even your own community knows about you. And if you're uh, feeling frisky, combine them both. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Let's see. Oh, all of the things that I could choose from. So um, we play this game at my Inspired Writers Retreat called Two Truths and a Lie. And that's really fun because then people have to determine what's really the truth and really a lie. But I will tell you a truth. Um, when I was in college, I purposely bought a truck 
because I was kind of a tomboy and loved to be self-sovereign, loved to go up in the mountains by myself, not have to rely on any man to move me, you know, things like that. And um, sometimes up in the mountains, I would go and lay out because I didn't have the beautiful tones of skin that you have. And so I would go to get some color. And um, sometimes because I'd be out in the middle of nowhere where no one would come, I would take my top off. And, you know, no one would see because I was in the back of my truck. And then one day I fell asleep while studying for psychology and um, I heard this buzzing and I was thinking it was a fly or something. It was actually a kid on a motorcycle <laughs> and I pop up to look, you know, what's going on as the motorcycle's going by. And he popped up at the same time and smashed into a tree. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my risque and fun adventurous story. How's that? Yeah, that is definitely risky. <laughs> and I was going to ask you, where are you from? Because I know in Texas, a lot of the women drive those big jacked up trucks, similar to the men. It's so true. I'm actually in Utah and some women did and still do drive those big jacked up trucks. And I'm a truck girl. I love trucks. But I had a little Nissan truck because I was a college student on a budget. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that. So audience, I hope you learned something fun and risque about Bridget. And now we're going to dive into the work that she's doing, which is how to share your story, how to be authentic without compromising yourself. And I feel like in today's society, there's so many people vying for attention on social media. You're showing people what seems picture perfect, when in actuality, it may not be perfect picture perfect in your home, your job, your career, or whatever the case may be. But then how can we share our stories outwardly without feeling guilt, shame, remorse, judgment, or, you know, feeling like you're inadequate, have that imposter syndrome, and all those other things rise up because you feel like you're not good enough when in actuality, you are. You're uniquely you for a reason. You're a masterpiece. So why not take ownership of that? So Bridget, what led you to get involved in the work that you're doing? Well, um, frankly, when I was in my early 20s, I had a near-death experience. And talk about shame and blame and guilt and um, feeling like I wasn't enough. That's why I ended up in the hospital. I uh, had a horrific infection. I was going to school, working three jobs, always trying to prove myself and never feeling enough. And then I wind up in this hospital room and I'm listening to nurses outside in the corridor saying, she's not going to make it until morning. And I had um, a, a beautiful thing that happened. A presence filled my room and told me I was being given a second chance at life. And after that experience, like I knew exactly that I was going to have a chance to fulfill the measure of my creation. And that presence also was not about guilt or shame or how many mistakes I'd made or what, you know, non-existent zeros were in my bank account or what credit cards I didn't have or where my student loans were at, um, this presence was so unconditionally loving and it changed my world. It changed my own story that I'd been telling myself. And so I had an opportunity to go out into the world and discover, discover other people and their stories. And I started working with a lot of gang kids in um, Colorado at the time. And it was called the summer of violence. And it was when a lot of blood in blood out mentality was taking place. 
and um, gang members had to shed blood in order to get in and you wouldn't get out. Like it was, you stay in the gang or you die. And so um, there were some of these kids though that had an opportunity to work with a, a place called community learning centers. And it was amazing what it would do for, for these kids and help them to see life in a different way. So here I am, I'm, I'm being hired to work on their stories, collect their stories, but I'm also seeing the deeper stories of what guilt and shame and trauma can do to a person and how we can live life in a box until someone loves us enough to, to see a different way and to share that with us. And I, oh my gosh, Genesis, I fell in love with the human soul. I saw kid after kid after kid start to look at life through different eyes, different lens than they ever had before. Like I did, I had, a, you know, an opportunity to see myself in a different way. And so stories became really sacred to me. And my first book was actually called Skinhead Confessions from Hate to Hope. And it was about a guy that was horrific in nature, in what he did, and, and mostly preyed upon other whites and other gang members, but um, still just that horrific ideology and menta mentality until he became a dad. And then he started talking to people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. And, and um, his story was transformational. And he helped get a lot of kids of all colors out of gangs, off the streets, um, helped kids in jail. And so it was it was such a transformational experience for me to be able to write that. And then um, I was referred to a woman who was the daughter of the happy face serial killer. And so I found myself like stepping into these stories of a lot of darkness, but on the other side, um, so much light where there's transparency and the shame is gone. The guilt is gone. The There's the lessons there of not behaving in certain ways or not being preyed upon in certain ways, but there's also the the full character arc of I was a victim of these things maybe it was myself or others and then on the other side um that that these these um subjects of my story showed where they started to become a leader and uh then I wrote about the 19th wife of 65 women and um how she overcame her fear her past her story to help put a child predator behind bars for life plus 20 years stepped away from a very unhealthy culture into becoming just this incredible leader and really inspired me to take on my life in a more dramatic way. So that's why I'm like so addicted to stories and love them. It's how I got into all of this. And now I coach a lot of people um, uh, all year long on how to step out of that darkness and that shame and into that deep vulnerability where there is a lot of power. And I, I just wanted to say one thing, um, and that is, you know, you mentioned like on social media and other things, because we we are living in a climate where people can be really hateful. Um, but one thing that is cool and, and social media is difficult sometimes to be deep and transparent and have something that resonates on a little bit deeper level, but you can still do it. And then when you're in, when you're working on a longer story, like a blog or um, a nonfiction book about yourself, you have an opportunity to lay out the whole thing. You have an opportunity to share from that deeper level. And you'll generally find more people who are interested in the full story, not just that momentary blip. 
you know, that that feels painful when other people don't like it or don't respond as well. But in a book form, if you write it well, you can generally show that education and transformation that you're all about. Yes, exactly. And I could resonate with that last part because I do have a book out on the market. So two editions of my own book called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America from the pit to the palace, where I talked about my years working in the oil and gas sector, where I spent 12 years in that sector, which is a male dominated field. But in total, I spent a 15 years in corporate America. And whenever you're in a male dominated field, the quote unquote, good old boys club or the white guys, blue shirts wearing guys, and you look like me, people don't always take you serious, even though you have the degree, you have the accolades, you have the work experience. And sometimes they'll put someone else to represent your project when you're the one that's already leading the project. But it's how do you show up outwardly? And how does the client want to see somebody? So um, I definitely can agree with that sentiment of putting it in a book. But one question I want to deep dive with you here is you mentioned your near death experience, and you mentioned helping um, kids that were inundated with the gang scenes in Colorado and etc. But I want to go back a little bit further to that NDE near-death experience. So you had some transformation there, but you also had a period of transitioning. So what was that aha moment where you said, okay, I'm given a second chance at life and this is what I know I'm destined to do because you mentioned a presence coming into that room. So was that present you presence you being connected with spirituality, whether it's God or another form of religious um, entity, or was it just you coming into you knowing who you are internally and then manifesting that externally? Well, that's actually an excellent question. So I appreciate that. So um, in my case, it started from the moment that presence was in my room, which um, showed up to me as, as Christ. And um, <clears throat> forgive me, I still get a little emotional about it, but it, um, it, it was a, he was a catalyst to um and that feeling of unconditional love like i had amazing adoptive parents but i had never felt like this degree of unconditional love and so it fostered me to take a different look at how i was doing the world and what i i knew about and i would share that you know right before when i'm listening to these nurses i was like i haven't fulfilled the measure of my creation but i didn't know what that was yet you know, I just knew I hadn't done it. And there was this deep, intense longing to have the opportunity to do that. So I think there was that, that deep inner yearning and pull, and then the answer to that. And then it took me a little while to process, like I was on fire. I was, uh, the catalyst was born. I was, I was so excited. I was like the Phoenix rising from the ashes it changed so many aspects of, of who I was and what I felt about myself and people. But also, um, I was no longer afraid of anyone. Like, you know, I've worked with cultists and serial killers in prison and other things, and um, their behaviors can be frightening, but the, the human souls are really extraordinary. And we're usually a product of decisions we've made and and also where we came from and I I had the opportunity through these kids to see what I had done in my own past and the choices I had made and what I had chosen to believe about myself 
And then a lot of them were inspiring me to make new choices, even about myself as I watched them do the same thing. And a lot of these kids started being like the premier examples to their own parents, to their own community where mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, uncle, and aunt are all gang members. But when they started to shift and show what self-mastery and true leadership was, it started to have a ripple in their own community. So it was really beautiful for me to witness. I love that. And I love how you also talked about the still, the still presence. And for those of you listening, you don't necessarily have to be religious to zero in on this, but some people call it discernment. Some people call it intuition. Some people say the Holy Spirit or whatnot. And that presence will impart on you something that you can't shake, no matter how you feel outwardly, like how your flesh feels or how you feel as a human being, because it's something that is so rooted inside of you. It's calling you to a higher level, a higher vibration and et cetera, where you need to embark on what it is that you were destined to do in the world, which goes back to Bridget in her bio saying how she helps people transform and make world changes because each one of us is a world changer. As long as we step out of outside of the box that we have placed ourselves in or that the world has placed us in and have our TNT, which is what I like to call my personal explosive, which is transition and transformation in order for us to be this great human being because we weren't created by accident. So Bridget, I want you to think about you studying for that psychology exam and having, you know, emphasis in psychology in that background. Think about how you meet people from all walks of life and you pull out their story and then how you do it non-judgmentally and you just help them pull out the good, the bad, and the ugly in order to share their story. So for anyone listening into this segment, tell them why is it so important for them to share their whole truth without worrying about what others are going to say. Because I believe when you share that truth, you never know how your life is going to be a testament or testimony for someone else, or how your trials is turning into something that can shape and shake the atmosphere in and around you. Mm -hmm. So personally, thank you. Those are exceptional. You're very good at at coming around to an important point and asking another question. I love it. So um, I had heard a quote by Mother Teresa who said, I am the pen in the hand of a God who is writing a love letter to the world. And I thought, you know what? That's me. Definitely not Mother Teresa, but the pen in the hand of a God who is writing a love letter to the world and became a mission statement. Um, and I love how you said it, it doesn't have to be regarding any sort of belief. In fact, I have students from all around the world in multiple different religions, and it is so beautiful to see the light in any of our human darkness. Like being a mess, being a human is really messy. And you mentioned, you know, telling the full story. And I will tell you that there is so much power in telling the full story because we, especially evolving as we are as humans, we don't want a guru who's going along just fine in life. And then there's this little, you know, unicorns and rainbows at the end. It doesn't help us as humans to know how to take the next step, to traverse the darkness, mm -hmm. to navigate scary waters. But when someone is vulnerable with us and they share 
the light and the darkness. They share their rises and falls. They share their dark night of the soul and then how they face the inner and the outer battles to be able to rise. That is where the power is. And so, you know, wherever, whatever low you, you take your readers to or your audience to, if you're speaking, you have an ultimate and beautiful responsibility to take them equally as high. And so be vulnerable and real, but also own the fact that you are the hero of your own story and how you came back with this elixir of life, this, this knowledge about yourself that you now wish to share with the world and to create that profound, deep impact. And that's why it's important for us to be this raw and real. So another person, no matter what they're going through, goes, oh, this person would get me. Like this person who's writing the story, like they would get me and they wouldn't judge me. And how we can do that for each other is, is to ask a lot of questions. I ask all kinds of questions and I like to be a witness first. And um, it's important for me to set aside all my judgments because actually that's where I've learned the greatest lessons. It's like, oh, someone new, what do they have to share with me and teach me? And then how can we make this impact, this lesson even greater on a grander scale? And so I have to set aside my judgments. And whenever I'm holding one, I'll tell you what, God will bring me another author with a story that will knock my socks off. And I, I can't help but to see myself in their story and to recognize where I've been holding judgments and then to let them go. It's powerful. I love that because by you sharing that, I could see the energy radiate through the video for those who are going to watch the video later on. And you're smiling, you're lighting up as you're talking about it, because neither you nor I are perfect individuals. We're conduits to fuel a message in order for those listening in or those in and around us in order for them to grab hold of that message and take it and make something great out of it. And just because you and I may be in respective platforms, that doesn't mean we quote unquote have arrived. We're still going through the refinement process. And I tell people, as long as you are living and breathing, that means you still have work to do and you still have purpose inside of you. So don't let labels, don't let titles, don't let societal norms, don't let um, fighting for turf or fighting over politics or any of that gunk get inside of you to where it sours you from not wanting to pop. And my pop stands for an acronym that I've dubbed, which is prepared on purpose. So that's how I pop. So how do you pop? And Bridget, I want you to tell the audience because I believe that everyone has of course, stories in them. I won't just say one story, stories in them. And they can very well turn those stories into a book because that book could be the foundation that leaves a legacy for future generations to come because no one will ever remember it if you don't put it down. Because if you have it in your mind, people are gonna be like, oh, that's great. But do people always know what's in our mind? But no, if you put it on a, on a book or like people say back in the old day, put it on wax, which means they used to put it on CDs, records or whatever the case may be. But you put it in a book and it will be around for future generations to come, even though you may pass on, your legacy li still lives on. So for anyone out there aspiring to dub their story and dub being, dub working with, the book whisperer how can you whisper into them to create that book what are your three tips um well first of all it i think it's really important that that you create a timeline 
because a timeline is something that helps you to witness your own story, your own rises and falls, your own patterns, uh, how you have been playing out life. And also we mentioned how important it is to, to recognize your full character arc. Like, you know, where have you become the victor over your story or stories? And it helps you to see the patterns. Like most people, if they'll actually sit down and do this work, then they realize, oh my gosh, I have more than one book in me. I actually have multiple, but here's my my one that I'm most passionate about. And so that's where we will start. So do a timeline, be a witness to yourself, and then put aside time to um, work towards this, like create a really great outline with one mighty message. That's why I love how you said we all have a lot of stories and it's true. Um, but sometimes we're trying to reach too many people and talk about too many topics in one book. And so if you find one mighty message, that's like the core of who you are, what your purpose is, what you stand for, and then two or three other threads that could be woven through, but man, just make it mighty. Then you're going to have the makings of something extraordinary that will be unique and it will stand up and uh, above the crowd. Cause there's a lot of books out there but this will be uniquely yours. You won't sound like everybody else. And then by doing that timeline work, you'll be able to see, you know what? I think I have two or three more books down the line, but here's what I'm going to focus on for this one. And then the last thing I would share is to, um, to find your courage to be visible. So it is vulnerable to tell your story. It's vulnerable to share your story. It's vulnerable you know, when you're writing a book, it's like filleting yourself like a fish out on paper for everyone to see all the guts and the glory. And um, it's the most vulnerable art form that there is, but it's also extraordinary. When you complete a book, you know, nine out of 10 adult Americans think they have a book worthy of writing, but less than 3% get it done. And so if you're one of the brave souls that gets it done, you are more likely to be seen as a leader, to be able to speak on a stage, to be able to break bread with extraordinary people, to be able to travel. It's just, it's, it's a known fact. And people have um, such respect because so many people try to write and then they don't get it done. So do not give up on your story. Get really clear on what your mighty message is and then stick with it. And I would love to see you at my Inspired Writers Retreat. Um, it's a place that we meet um, always in nature for three and a half days, comfy lodging, beautiful chefs that take care of your every need. And you get to have a one-on-one -on -one with me. And we just, we work through your book and we work through your story. And we have experiential exercises, like things you can't find online or in a classroom. It's like you're immersed in your book. And it's extraordinary and transformational. So that would be a place that I would definitely start. But I have other um, tools and even um, holiday specials. So if you go to yourinspiredstory.com, you'll be able to find those. And I would love to connect. I want to hear your story. That is amazing. And Bridget, I want to thank you so much for just sharing your holding space with me. And audience, I'm just going to recap that because I was actually taking notes um, so number one, do a timeline. Number two, be a witness. Number three, one mighty message. And four, find your courage to be visible, be seen and heard. And I want to add this, if I may, your voice, your story, your destiny, you matter, you're created for a purpose, 
on purpose. So start walking in your own truths and be authentically you because the world needs you. And if you are not leaving this world better than you found it, you're only tapping in at a surface level versus going deep diving. It is time for you to deep dive and find those precious gems because if you sit at the surface, you're never going to find it. Think about those people who frack to make oil. Can they frack at a surface? No. Think about those people who are mining. Can they mine beautiful things at the surface? No. So why are you trying to mine your life at a surface level? It's time for you to go deep diving. I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host, and my big ask is for brand sponsors. It does take resources to fuel the mission and movement, which is to curate content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while also weaving in the importance of DEI and B, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. Don't forget to like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus audio platforms, and videos are on YouTube by going to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. It's easy to remember because it's the name of the show. And feedback is a gift. So consider that when you're leaving a review. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Hey, I take it. That's how I'm going to improve personally and professionally. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. You all got this. So celebrate your truths. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.